Timothy grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This, this is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome in on Friday, Friday, Friday. And it is a hot one. It said 99 on my car thermometer on the way in. We do have some folks without power again, 274 poor individuals. Uh, In fact, Dawn Grader was supposed to be here. Her mom and dad live out in Arlington. That's one of the affected areas, and she had to go get them and bring them back to her house uh, because you can't leave anybody in a house without uh, air conditioning with these kind of temperatures. So be checking on all your relatives and friends. There's an area, it's uh, in the Arlington area above Highway 64 and on both sides of I-40 that are affected. There's another small uh, area down uh, between Walnut Grove and Poplar. Uh, and uh, that seems to be, it's long. Well, I guess east of Wolf River and uh, Houston Levee. And then there's a couple of places inside the loop. Otherwise, uh, 99.9% of the people out there do have electric power. And thank God the folks in Germantown have water again uh, to different degrees. Some people say they've flushed their systems and there's been some sediment and some people, other people said it was just fine. I talked to my good friend Ron Olson. He took three showers today. Wash three loads of clothes. <laughs> He's a maniac. I'm going to wash some more clothes. <laughs> so God bless all those folks. And I did have a guy on yesterday. It's a water expert. He recommends getting a carbon filter for anything you drink water out of a kitchen sink. Uh, also on your refrigerator, if you have ice maker and water, you get the refrigerator it has a filter. He recommends changing out that filter. Uh, but before you do, go ahead and dump the ice that was in your ice maker and then let one more uh, drawer full of ice be made and dump it and then change the filter and you should be okay there. Uh, he does recommend, though, getting a filter. It's not as critical on clothes or us uh, if you're taking a shower. In fact, Olson said he took a day a shower the day before yesterday when they were able to turn it back on. He said, Actually made his hair a little fluffier. <laughs> I said, I wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> but good for him. Anytime you can get fluffy hair, that's a good thing. Uh, we've got a big show lined up for you today. We've got Katie Jones in here with Youth Villages. We're going to talk about the big effort they're making. and going to be delivering 650 backpacks to kids uh, getting ready to go back to school. They, I was out there at Youth Villages where they were assembling them yesterday. And uh, Henry Ford would have been very proud of y'all. They did a good job. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Is uh, this the first year you've done this? This You did this in partnership with Southern Security, my featured sponsor. Yes, we've done it up with Southern Security for several years. But our Backpack Heroes program really has been around for over 15 that we've been doing it and helping the kids that are in our community-based program, so being served in their <coughs> homes, um, we get them ready for school. So we've been doing that for about 15 years, but Southern Security came on a couple years ago. Yeah, what I noticed was uh, all the stuff. I mean, you put in tablets, you put in uh, rulers, you put in pencils, erasers. I can remember when I went to the first grade, I had a big chief notebook, 
and a number two pencil. That was it. The lists are extensive now. <laughs> yeah, so we we follow, um, most of our kids are in Shelby County Schools, so we follow their um, their list of supplies and do the very best we can getting them the essentials that they need to start the first day right. Well, I don't think a lot of people know this, but uh, a lot of uh, school teachers end up uh, pulling money out of their own pockets to help some of the students. The toughest thing in the world to be a, a young kid is be different from the other kids. And uh, when you don't show up with nice new back to school stuff, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just not a good thing. And I think that's what's so admirable about this because they're brand new backpacks and, and uh, they got all the stuff they're going to need. And then, you know, it's a fresh start and everybody needs a fresh start, especially at, at that age every year. And I think that's just a great thing. And you had a lot of people donate money to help, help the cause. We did. Um, we raised um, just about $10,000 towards purchasing some of the supplies, along with several organizations that did um, drives for us. But we, we do usually have to go out and purchase more goods because 650 is a lot. <laughs> it's a it, lot. It was. I put some pictures up on my uh, Facebook page uh, promoting the show, and it had y'all standing in front of them. When I walked in uh, the location uh, right there at uh, Thousand Oaks, or uh, Shel- yeah, Shel- Shelby Oaks, Shelby Oaks, and uh, Summer Avenue, and uh, I looked over there and I saw those backpacks packed up and said, "That's a lot of backpacks and uh, almost a thousand. So. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It is, and but we do we run it like a machine. Southern Security, they're so generous. They come in and help us stuff it, and we set up our little conveyor belt and we just go. Um, and I think this year we did it in record time. It was an hour and a half. Well, yeah, cause I called uh, Dawn and I said I was coming out and I ended up going to the other location by brothers, um, industries mm-hmm. and they laid two nice ladies at the reception desk at there. I said, where are they stuffing the backpacks? They looked at each other and went, uh, backpacks. <laughs> uh, maybe it's the wrong place. <laughs> I knew you had more than one location. We do. We do. That's our headquarters. And then um, our Shelby Oaks location is actually where our clinical staff, the people who are serving the kids day in and day out, they yeah. actually work out of there. And, and you've got more locations. There was about four or five. We do. We have probably physical wise six different locations in Memphis. Um, but, you know, we're in 24 states plus the District of Columbia. So we're all over the country. <laughs> Now, did this start out with Father Mallory? Was he part of the beginning of these villages? I know he had a program when I first moved here. He was an Episcopal uh, priest, and uh, but I can't remember what name of his organization. How did these villages start? Start, yeah. So it started actually when Pat Lawler, our CEO, was in his early twenties. He was actually working for the juvenile court justice system, and um, Dogwood Village at the time, which is out in Arlington was really struggling. And one of the um, judges asked if he would go and be the executive director. And so that's what started. That's what started it. And so um, he started with Dogwood Village. And then several years later, Boys Town was um, struggling. And uh, he made the decision to purchase Boys Town. And that's what started Youth Villages. Well, it's it, y'all do great work. And it certainly has grown over the years. And but that's what it takes is a, a continuation of a dedicated staff and, and leadership to keep it keep it going. Um, and there's never a shortage of help when it comes to raising kids because it's, it's uh, that is our best resource. And we got to get a better hold on that, too, because we got so many kids that uh, fall into the cracks. And I think that's where a lot of our crime is coming from. Is, and if we can stop that and we can really get a hold on um, on 
And, the, and one way to do that is to give those kids a good start in school. It is. And keep them in school. And, 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 and I had a guy on yesterday who wrote a math book on how to teach math. And it was genius. And, uh, you know, because if they get behind, they never catch up, which has been the really tough thing about the COVID situation with kids not going to school for two years. And I fear for those kids that they may never catch up, that whole class or a couple of classes. It's going to it's gonna take a while. But luckily, that's, you know, one thing our, our specialists work with the families on is keeping the kids in school, keeping their keeping them off of the truancy list, yep. making sure they have what they need. Our clinical um, specialists say that a child is two times more likely to excel in subjects that interest them if they come to school prepared. So, you know, thanks to groups like Southern Security, we're able to outfit those kids and give them a better likelihood to get that education. Yeah, because I was one of the kids that showed up every day and the teacher said, Earl, do you have your homework? I'm like, homework? <laughs> Today? <laughs> and now they have homework in like kindergarten. <laughs> they do. And then I heard there's a school that just started uh, that's going to be year round. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it does. It keeps them off the streets. And I also think, uh, because I know that every year I'd come back and I forgot half of what I learned a year before, because I promise you I was not sitting around doing, you know, uh, math tables and uh, spelling bees with my pals. Our, our kids on campus go year round. I think that's great. Yeah, so they can help catch up, get up to grade level, um, and and it, it allows them structure, which is what a lot of our kids really thrive when they're in a structured environment. Well, and, and before COVID, everybody else had to go to work full time. Yes, and, and, and a lot of them are resisting coming back to full time work, but uh, it, most of the people I know do work full time, and I, I actually think. Even people that are older. I mean, I'm still working full time, and I have a lot of my friends that have retired, and that's not always a good thing, you know. I think it, it keeps you sharper if you're thinking every minute of the day, and you're continually stimulating your mind and and thinking about new things. And uh, I have watched the daytime television a, a time or two, and it ain't helpful. <laughs> ain't it's no not. Way. It's not stimulating no. your mind. <laughs> It uh, has a tendency to maybe go to Snoresville and uh, rather quickly. Uh, if people still want to help out Youth Villages in their efforts, how can they do that, Katie? Absolutely. Go to our website, youthvillages.org. If you look under locations, you'll find West Tennessee. There are so many ways you can engage with us. Um, we have volunteering, donating, um, getting involved in some of our campaigns. And then I cannot forget to say, if you are on the job front and looking for a new career, we are always hiring um, oh, great, great loving people who want to join our work and help kids in our community. Well, there again, uh, that's a challenge these days is finding anybody who want to work. I mean, you see signs everywhere, hiring, now hiring. And uh, it's, uh, but so any kind of background or just? All different types. We hire at all different levels, hourly to full-time salaried positions. Um, and we have right on our website under our careers, you can find it. Or if you're extra special, I can't forget to say become a foster parent because there are so many kids yeah. in the state of Tennessee who need foster care. Well, you're doing a great job, and thank you for coming in. And you actually are going to be dropping these backpacks off tomorrow. In the, in the next couple of days, yeah. All of our staff are dropping them off. Well, I know the Sheriff's Department does that every year at Thanksgiving. They take out uh, turkey dinners and drop them off all over the city. And it is always heartwarming to see people open the door and see somebody bringing something to them and not bringing bad news. Absolutely. And so it's a joyful time, and I hope you have a wonderful time doing it, and thanks for all Thank your hard work. Thank you, and thanks to Southern Security for being our presenting sponsor. I wish I could say it to Dawn, but hopefully she's listening as she's moving her parents. Uh, hopefully <laughs> she is. Hope she's in the car with them with the air conditioner on. <laughs> okay.
Katie Jones, thank you very much, and thank you for Youth Village. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And welcome back in on a hot, hot Friday afternoon. We've got uh, 263 people out there without electric power right now. Uh, I can only assume, since we haven't had a storm, uh, this is being caused by uh, uh, just the tremendous use by people uh, trying to cool their homes right now. Uh, So keep that in mind. Don't turn it down to freeze me to death inside the house and walk around with a blanket on. Uh, they keep uh, keep other people in mind, and uh, hopefully they'll uh, they'll uh, be able, everybody will be able to get some good air conditioning. And uh, it's uh, it is really hot on the street. It was ninety nine in my car on the way in, and uh, that's hot. And I think for the next ten days, we're pretty much looking at the um, same scenario. And uh, so it ain't going to be getting any cooler. Uh, and the Memphis Panthers, I'm just looking at some uh, different things. Uh, the Barbie thing, uh, <laughs> I got a, a the new Barbie, San Francisco Barbie, dressed up like a homeless person. People have way too much time on their hands. I I don't know if you've seen any of the uh, the movies that are out now. I hear nothing but good things, and that you must see uh, Freedom, uh, the movie about sex trafficking and, and children and what's going on. Everybody needs to go see that. It's, it's very well done, and, and we just all need to know what's going on in order to fight back on that. Uh, the other, the Barbie movie, uh, and uh, let's see, Vicki Gandy says it's 101 in her car right now, driving down Germantown Parkway. Don't break down, Vicki. Don't break down. <laughs> Uh, but they said that uh, my wife is this book club she's been in for years, and they all agree that the ones that had seen it, of course, they were the Barbie era, and uh, I remember my sister was had a huge Barbie collection. I like the cars. They had, like, little travel trailers and a boat to pull behind the Jeep, and, and I liked all that stuff. I just wasn't big on the dolls. I thought Barbie was cute, but I just never saw anybody that looked like her, <laughs> or Ken, for that matter. Uh, but they say if you go in there and forget all, don't have any preconceived ideas, just go in and watch the movie that uh, that you'll really enjoy it. It'll uh, it'll it's a, a good uh, getaway movie, and there's a lot of hype going on about what's this mean and hidden stuff and all. And you know, uh, I just go in and watch the stuff. And if you see somebody they're trying to deliver a message, just go, okay, I, I got the message, but I just want to watch the movie. So. Uh, check that out and then mission impossible i hear really good stuff about that and uh, so there's some good movies out plus it's hot so it's a good place to go just to get it out of the heat um and then uh you know i used to look at drudge every once in a while it has got to be so bad it's like every every time i look at it it's nothing but anti-trump uh, headlines the don and new defendant attempt to delete mar largo video surveillance the boss wanted server destroyed. Trump vows to continue campaign if sentenced. Ex-lawyer evidence against him overwhelming. Reads like a mafia case. <laughs> Walls closing on four more charges. Iran attacks plans in focus. Then he goes into DeSantis. DeSantis headed down Jeb Bush campaign path of 16. 
takes brutal dig at Trump's age when asked if he'd pardon him. Tim Scott rebukes over slavery curriculum. Donors pushing Youngkin, Youngkin to run. Four-way race, presidential contest, anything but settle. Who will succeed McConnell? Three likely candidates. Uh, and this is really something. RFK Jr. evokes dad's assassination after being denied Secret Service uh, protection. He is a presidential candidate, a legitimate presidential candidate. He applied for Secret Service uh, protection 88 days ago. Now, usually it takes a, a week, a week and a half to, to a candidate to be granted uh, protection. And his, you know, of course, everybody knows the assassination of his uh, father in 1968, Robert Kennedy, and of his uncle, John F. Kennedy, in 1963. And it said the typical turnaround time for pro forma protection requests from presidential candidates is usually 14 days. After 88 days of no response and after several follow-ups by our campaign, the Biden administration just denied our request. How do you deny a request for a legitimate, and he's a Democrat. I mean, it's like, if you don't think this campaign is in this, this administration is totally corrupt. I mean, this is like saying, now we're throwing you out there to the dogs, and if you want some protection, hire your own. In the meantime, his son and Joe, I, think, I personally think that they're as crooked as you can possibly be. I mean, you look at this last little uh, attempt they made, and, putting in a little clause in uh, uh, under the gun charge that said that he could never be tried for any other offense, no matter what it was, I guess until the day he dies. Actually tried to get that and run it through in uh, the uh, felony gun charge that they were going to do a plea deal on. And thank God for this judge who actually read the whole plea bargain and said, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's uh, let's take a back seat and kind of look at this a little bit. Uh, but uh, he goes on to say that uh, uh, the Biden administration just denied a request. Secretary Mayorkas, I have determined that Secret Service protection for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not warranted at this time. Our campaign's request included a 67-page report for the world's leading protection firm detailing unique and well-established security and safety risks aside from the commonplace death threats. Uh, since the assassination of my father in 1968, candidates for president are provided secret service protection, but not me. Typical turnaround, as I said, was 14 days. According to Secret Service, the agency is authorized by law to provide protection for major presidential vice president candidates and their spouses within 120 days of a general presidential election. The 2024 general election which will be held on November 5th, is over 460 days away. Uh, as Washington Post national political reporter Michael Scherer pointed out, the Department of Homeland Security and congressional leadership decides who qualifies as a major candidate. <laughs> they get to decide. And typically, they only designated likely party nominees and not, I guess, somebody that could be going up against Lazy Joe. Now, there you are. Now, they're big check mark for the Biden administration. We gotta take a break. We'll be back. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back. 
thought this was kind of interesting. You know, Garth Brooks has got this bar and uh, opening in uh, Nashville is is, uh, is already open. It's called uh, Low Places from his song. Uh, the Metro Nashville Police Department shared a tweet showing Police Chief John Drake with Garth Brooks looking at the site where they say a police substation will be built next to the bar. Chief Drake today joined Garth Brooks for a great walkthrough. His friends in Low Places Bar under construction, so it's under construction, at 411 Broadway, Metro Nashville PD Road. As part of the renovation, Garth is providing the MPD a substation in a building adjacent to his. We're so proud of his this partnership. Uh, then uh, Chief Drake today joined Garth Brooks for the great walkthrough. That's another part of that story. Brooks has already faced some criticism prior to the bar opening after he told Billboard last month that he would be selling every brand beer in the wake of the Bud Light controversy over the brand's work with uh, transgender TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney. I want it to be a place where you feel safe in. I want it to be a place where you feel like there are manners and people like one another. And yes, they're going to serve every brand of beer. We just are. It's not... Uh, a decision to make, Brooks told Billboard. Our thing is this. If you are uh, in let into the house, love one another. If you're in a bad person, there are plenty of other places on lower Broadway. Uh, and then uh, John Rich reacts to Garth's uh, comment. He said that uh, after receiving backlash from his fans and critics, Brooks addressed the issue in his live stream inside Studio G. Diversity, inclusiveness, that's me. That's always been me. And uh, so then uh, I get it. Everybody's got their opinions, but inclusiveness is always going to be me. Explained, I think diversity is the answer to the problems that are here and the answer to the problems that are coming. So I love diversity, all inclusive. So all welcome. Understand that not be uh, other people's opinions, but that's okay, man. They have their opinions and their beliefs, and I have mine. I don't think what people it's not that they don't uh, accept diversity as they just don't want to shove down their throats. And that's what was happening is that literally they were saying, uh, we're going to take a beer and some marketing person, that girl we'll never hear from again, decided to, to just make uh, Bud Light a, uh, a, a trans beer or uh, uh, promoted by a trans person and beer is it's a, it's a guy's drink. And so, all of a sudden, they're going, man, what are, you, what are you bringing me into this whole thing for? And so I understand that the corporate, Bud Light corporate, their corporate headquarters just laid off 400 people. They've lost something like $29 billion since this whole thing started. And, uh, you know, I never was, I hadn't really drank beer much since I was in college. It's too filling. Uh, but plenty of people do, but now it's, uh, a Mexican beer is now the number one beer in the country and it's not Bud Light. And I don't think it's a, the statement is, is more of uh, don't try to tell us what to do. Sell us the products we want and let us make our decisions in our lives. And it'll be interesting to see how Garth's bar does. Uh, he hadn't even opened it yet, but once again, I don't think it has anything to do with him being, uh, all inclusive. It's just let us make the decision. Don't try to tell us what to do. I think more people are doing that than ever before. And you see it uh, all over the place. I mean, it's like, I ain't flying because I hate being treated like a cow. And that's pretty much, they don't care what happens to you. You get on a plane, you'll sit there until they decide to either let you off 
or the plane takes off. That story the other day about being in a plane when it was over 100 degrees in there, people were fainting and getting sick, and they just said, no, you can't disembark the plane. Uh, I had it happen to me in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I said, look, the bulkhead is so hot. They were sitting there with the engines running. I said, can I at least stand up here in the aisle so I get away from this hot bulkhead? No, sir, you have to remain seated. And uh, I think I've flown one other time since then. I flew out to Utah to, to Utah to Salt Lake City. But when somebody says, you want to go somewhere, I said, if I can drive there, but not if I have to fly. I mean, they don't treat you. It is inhuman the way they treat us. It really is. And then I saw today where all the airlines, they say by 2035, they're going to be out of pilots. There's already shortage of them. And they say they can't train them fast enough to keep up with the flights that are going out. And so that's why all these snafus are happening. I mean, they show those people at the airports. They look like refugees. And they are refugees. They're, they're trapped. And they can't get anywhere. They can't, they can't rent cars. There's not enough cars to rent. Uh, they can't get anybody to come get them. And they can't catch a plane out. And uh, some people say, I'd just like to go on a trip. I said, no, nah, I'd pass. Um, some of the other news stories out. Um Representative Steve Cohen from Memphis, I'm sure you know who Steve is. I've known him for 40-something years. And um, at a hearing yesterday, he says that barriers for men uh, are going to change uh, and, and fix the solution of these uh, transgender people um, and forcing uh, biological women to have to shower with men uh, that are still physically men. Uh, cut two. Transgender people have been around for a long time. And they have rights, and they need to be respected. I read Ms. Scanlon's testimony. I wasn't here to hear it, and I think Penn didn't deal with your situation like they could have and should have in putting up some type of different barriers in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the women's area of, of the locker room. But that's another, another issue. Uh, but things should be dealt with in a different way. This is an easy way for people to try to get points. Pick on a minority group that is the most minority and least understood in our country. And then uh, Paula Scanlon, uh, who was testifying, uh, addressed that comment by Representative Cohen. I read Ms. Scanlon's testimony. I wasn't here to hear it. And I think Penn didn't deal with your situation like they could have and should have in putting up some type of different barriers in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the women's area of the locker room. Ms. Scanlon, we just heard my Democrat colleague, Mr. Cohen, say that your circumstance could have been fully resolved if we'd have just had some barriers up in the, sh in the women's showers. Do, do you think that that's a sufficient way to resolve what we're dealing with here? I think by um, Representative Cohen admitting that we need barriers acknowledges there are biological differences between men and women. And by acknowledging that we need to have private spaces that are separate from each other, why can't we just use the locker rooms that we've always used, the men's and the women's? If you're acknowledging that we need protection and privacy from these men, then you're acknowledging that the locker rooms we've always used are the correct ones. Uh, no comment from uh, Representative Cohen on that. Uh, you know, the, it's like when, remember when it came up that Target was going to say if they wanted to use the women's restroom, they could. And then the women would go in there, they're in there changing babies and stuff. Here comes uh, what looks, appears to be uh, a male, that, but who identifies as a female. But how do you know? I mean, you're in there and you're, you know, you're vulnerable to say the least. And uh, so uh, I think 
they had then decided that the restrooms would be unisex. <laughs> I don't know what they do now. I haven't been back in there, but it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, I guess it, you just don't go to the restroom when you go out. But if you're on a swimming team, you do have to change and you do have to shower after working out and, and to say that, uh, just you decide what you are and then you can go whatever locker room you want to. It's a crazy world. That's all I'm saying is that we never had that discussion before. And if there are transsexual people out there that don't identify with the thing, you know, so the entire world has to change for them. Uh, I don't understand that. Uh, it's, uh, you, you find a place to fit in and fit in. Uh, then we got the justice department, uh, is in town, uh, taking a look at, uh, at the uh, police department, the Memphis Police Department, uh, as many black Memphians have come forward with allegations of abuse. Uh, cut three. And this is what success looks like. Today is victory. We, this is what we requested. We asked them to come and, and investigate because we felt that there were a lot of injustices going on here in Memphis. And so they heard our uh, request and they have answered it. So today is just the first step but we have a long, long way to go. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going to the community. We're going to, this cannot be successful without the help of every one of our citizens. So if you know people who have suffered at the hands of the police, if you know people who have stories to tell, we are going to be working with the Department of Justice and their representatives. And we're going to, we have already sort of a little task force and we're going to be meeting at least monthly, hopefully, with the Justice Department to try to establish the parameters of how the investigation will go forward. Uh, while they're here, I would love for them to look at uh, the, um, the injustice and the treatment of uh, citizens by other citizens, like the teenager working at Cheddar's the other night and had some grown people beat him severely because they, he couldn't put them all at the same table. And uh, I understand they were on the Todd had and Ben had them on the morning show, the mother, I think the son as well. And they have made some arrests in there. The problem is what's going to happen to them. If nothing happens to them, they just back out on the street, then they'll do it wherever they want. I mean, what's to stop them. You can shoot at cops. You can beat up uh, citizenry. You could shoot at them, rob them, break into their cars, break into their houses. And if you shoot them, you're facing, uh, uh, charges yourself. So while they're here, let's take a look at uh, all the injustice that's going on with just the citizenry and that the police department's hands are tied and uh, nothing's happening and it's chaos. Have a look at that. We're going to take a break. And welcome back on a hot Friday afternoon. Uh, Still have 263 people without power, some people in the Arlington area. Inside the loop uh, north of the uh, Poplar area and uh, some down around the south loop, I-55, and then up above um, in uh, the Raleigh-Fraser area. There's a small area up there with just a few customers, but a total of 263. And not quite sure what the problem is, although we have some extreme heat. Uh, I said said 91, 99 on my car coming in. Vicki Gandy uh, sent me a text said it was 101 on her car coming down uh, Germantown Parkway. So it is hot out there, and it does put a strain on the system. Transformers blow, and when they go, it takes a while to get those back up. But uh, uh, hopefully you can uh, 
find somebody to go someplace and, and be cool for a while. Also, the water is back on in Germantown. Uh, people have been flushing their systems. And um, uh, I was talking to somebody today that uh, a good friend of mine were, have been out of the country. Well, the country with all the, the the storms came on, and then uh, they lost power there, and so they had to get their son to come get all their food out of their house and freezer refrigerator, and then uh, they had the water turned off. So uh, they still got back. I said, "Don't come back yet. It ain't ready." Uh, but so people are out there flushing their um, systems and uh, water faucets. And bathtub showers. There's a whole procedure you go through, uh, and there are a number of people out there that are still very angry over the fact this even happened, and I can certainly understand that. And we're all looking forward to finding out exactly what happened. Uh, I'm hearing stories now that it was uh, they were transferring fuel from a fuel truck to the generator. It, it, they said that it leaked from. But as it turns out now, it may have been an overflow while they were transferring fuel. And then you have to ask yourself, why was the generator placed over on ground that was adjacent to or over a huge reservoir? I don't have the answer to that, but I think in the postmortem, there's going to be a lot of people looking into that. And uh, and we'll find out more as it moves along. Uh, I do want to say uh, congratulations to Shelby County Sheriff Floyd Bonner who was uh, in Gatlinburg last night where he received the Tennessee Sheriff Association uh, Sheriff of the Year Award. Uh, and I know that uh, Bill Oldham, who was uh, the sheriff at the time, appointed me as the public information officer. Um, and I got to spend a lot of time with Floyd over a period of years. He's a good man. And uh, yesterday it was also, we were informed that Frank Colvett, council member Frank Colvett, who was a Republican, uh, had dropped out of the race and saying that they felt like that it was somehow divisive for him to stay in and they wanted to make sure is, uh, they didn't want to split up the vote. And apparently uh, Floyd Bonner is the pick for most people and they wanted to make sure that stayed. There's some other people in the race. I understand that uh, um, that uh, – uh, he's, it looks like he'll get him. He had like 98% of the vote when he ran for sheriff this last time. And, uh, so, uh, it'll be interesting to see what's left. I don't think there are any Republicans left in the race. So it's a strictly democratic, uh, run, but the people who left and if somebody gets over 50% of the vote, there will not be a runoff. And so I think that's what they're trying to do is get enough votes for Floyd, uh, so that there is not a runoff and, and, uh, and somehow bringing the city together, it'll be interesting to see, because while Floyd has been in in law enforcement his whole life, he was with the MPD and then later with the sheriff's office, and I think his dad was with M- the MPD, and uh, so he's uh, got a great history in law enforcement. But running a city is an entirely different thing. I just hope that the party has uh, some good folks in mind uh, to help. And there's a lot of good folks uh, that are in there in the administration now. And, uh, but, uh, hopefully that, because that's what it takes. It takes a team effort and the sheriff's department runs very well, uh, but it's been, uh, that's something that's, uh, been a well-oiled machine for quite some time. City hall changes every time they get a new mayor. And, uh, so 
we'll see what happens, but the election is not far off. So we'll, uh, I'll try to get him on the show. I was trying to get him to come in today or call in. He was on his way back from Gatlinburg and I just heard from his people. They said that he ended up having two important meetings. I bet so today things are changing in the race for the mayor. And, uh, so they're working on that and, uh, I'm sure we'll see more about what happens there. Uh, I understand Flynn dropped out of the race today. Uh, and he was a perpetual candidate of just about everything. Of course, he's a, a doctor, has a number of clinics and is also owns a number of radio stations. And I think possibly for the very same reason that, uh, and Frank Colvett dropped out. Uh, I have not seen a reason for that yet. Though. Uh, and uh, let's see what else is else going. And back in Washington, um, uh, Corey Bush uh, was yelling in the House chamber at, at Scalise. The bills that uh, Senator Scalise is uh, submitting are racist. Uh, Corey Bush is a real piece of work. Listen to this. Cut five. Okay, we'll have to check that out uh, after the break. We're headed into a hard break and can't avoid it, so we'll check in with Corey Bush after the break. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This, this is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back on a hot Friday afternoon. We do have some power outages in the area. Uh, up in the uh, Lakeland area, uh, north of 64, we've got some up there, 261, uh, then some more along I-40 and 240, and then another along I-55 and 240. So uh, be aware of that. And then uh, let's check uh, the traffic situation uh does it look like there it's friday afternoon too and there should be some uh, uh traffic problems uh out there I'll, I'll check back on that in a minute it's not coming up uh we were talking right before the break about cory bush who was yelling at house chamber that scalise's bills are racist uh, cut five but yield one more time to the gentlelady be in order. Mr. Speaker, the House is not in order. The House will be in order. The House will be in order. <laughs> Are those even more striking? That was like a wrestling match. <laughs> and then you got Stephen A. Smith yelling that Hunter Biden was on crack, uh, number six. And the son of President Joe Biden, who was a former crack addict. Let's just call it what it is. Yes, he was on crack. I said it that way about Lamar Odom. I can say it that way about the son of the president of the United States. He was on crack. 
They recently found cocaine in the White House, by the way. No evidence that it was his. Although in all the years I've been alive, I've not heard of cocaine being in the White House. This is the first time. But who's casting guilt? We don't know. We don't know. Stephen A. Smith is a guy that's on ESPN in the mornings. And uh, very outspoken, as you can tell. But he likes the Cowboys. So, hey, I'm a fan. (laughs) And then uh, this is somebody that should not have said anything. Uh, Nancy Mace in uh, sharing at Tim Scott prayer breakfast about uh, her trying to get to the prayer breakfast on time. This together, another year, another standing room only event. And when I woke up this morning at seven, I, I was getting picked up at seven forty-five. Patrick, my fiance, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed, and I was like, "No, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast, and I got to be on time." And a little TMI, but um, I, he he can wait. He's got. We got. I'll see him later tonight. And uh, Sean Hannity uh, commented on uh, Nancy Mace's comments. And Congresswoman Mace made even more headlines this morning at a prayer breakfast when she explained why she she was almost late for Tim Scott's prayer breakfast. Take a look. When I woke up this morning at 7, I I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiancé, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed, and I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast, and I got to be on time, and a little TMI, but um, I... He'll, he can wait. He's got, we got, I'll see him later tonight. Much later, to, much later tonight, because she's on this show. Anyway, Congresswoman Mace joins us. Uh, uh, Congresswoman, great to have start, you. Sean? <laughs> uh, I guess you'll get home sometime around midnight tonight. So um, uh, I thought it was pretty funny at a prayer friends. breakfast. Good for you for yeah. having a great sense of humor. And then the other uh, comment I thought was interesting was, uh, once again, going to The View, uh, host compares DeSantis' campaign to watching a porn movie, Cut 21. Your girl said it first. He's the most overhyped politician in Republican politics. So I've known Ron DeSantis since he was in the House. I think I wrote an op-ed for him like five years ago. He was a sane, serious, conservative Congress member. He wasn't someone I would say is anywhere near ready to be president. This is a quote when he was first elected in May 2018. I'm not going to be getting into these bathroom wars. I don't think it's a good use of our time. I want the LGBTQ community to be able to live their life, whether you're gay, whether you're religious, you should all be welcome. What happened to him? This used to be a sane, reasonable person. And listen, the the buck stops 100% with DeSantis, but he's decided to surround himself by these basically internet trolls of right-wing extremists who literally are so far outside the mainstream, even of my party, that they have driven him a direction that he he's in such a bad place i don't think he could have a national future he has been so off-putting to so many people i'm a republican i could not vote for him because where he but, is but on you LGBT see i don't i don't agree with the part of that they've driven him there he's a grown well, ass the man and he's the that. governor of a state he knows what he's doing he's making his decisions what happened well, that, that, and that's why i said the buck stops with him but he's surrounded himself by terrible advisors yeah the, uh, Bad people surround themselves with bad people. Always. And so it, yeah. you look at the people around you and it'll define the principle the usually. But the, um, what happened to him is your question. Yeah. So look, I think, I think Republicans saw Youngkin win uh, in, Virginia. in Virginia 
with the parental rights and the entire anti-woke thing. And so he's taken it that much further. But the problem that DeSantis has is that that is literally the only thing he has, repeating it on a loop. It's like watching a porn movie over and over again, the same thing. It is ridiculous. No, the view is ridiculous. Uh, and it's, it, it, they don't take a look at DeSantis's record in Florida, highly successful, balanced budget, uh, people moving there, industry being created, uh, crime is low, but all they care about is that uh, he's uh, got bad people around him. Take a look around you, because I don't see anything but bad people at The View. All right, we're going to take a quick break, come back. Uh, we got uh, uh, be talking about cars. We got uh, George Gully in the uh, green room drinking a cold drink because it's hot outside. But we'll talk about the hot deals they got uh, at uh, Jim Carrey's Chevrolet. So come on. And welcome back on a uh, hot, and I mean hot, Friday afternoon. Our good friend George Gully with uh, Jim Carrey's Chevrolet is... Uh, is just stopped in the studio. I was out this morning because I wanted to test drive a car because I like being able to, to go and test drive stuff so I can talk about it better. And you had a car sitting there for me when I drove up. It's a um, 2013 RAV4, beautiful red car. I took a picture of it. It's on my Facebook page. You can see it. Uh, with just 92,000 miles on it. Yeah, just as, traded for it, Earl. Tight as a drum. I mean, I drove uh-huh. it around. And great get up, but this would be a great second car or a great student's car. And yeah. well, uh, plenty first, of room. First, thank you for getting me off the lot. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, it's, it is awfully hot out there, yeah, you, as you know. And, and Earl's been talking about it. And all you got to do is poke your head outside. So, one of the reasons I'm here, Earl, is just to say to folks give us a call or get on the internet. And uh, like we had that car ready for you, we sold a couple this afternoon to people that had made appointments and uh, able to work it out. Well, and do call this time of year because there's not a lot of people looking. And if they've got to run errands, do other things, as we all do, and George sure. is in the process of moving, so you know what that's like. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but uh, call ahead. But I, I stopped in, and you can still shop in the in the showroom. You've got a bunch of cars in the showroom. I looked at a couple of those in there. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, uh, was it High Mountain? Is that what it's called? The uh, High Country. High Country uh, SUV. Just a black on black, gorgeous vehicle. Well, it is, and and first to go back, not to digress from what you just said about the high country, but that car that you looked at probably won't be in our dealership past Monday, folks. Oh, okay, I so yeah. One of the things that he, meaning Earl and I, have been just speaking to folks is the fact that the best values right now, if you can find a good car under twenty thousand dollars, we're all paying higher interest rates, which nobody's happy about, but it's the reality. And so I tell my clients and friends, let's try to look for value. Let's try to finance the lower amount. We'll uh, set the payments up. In in the case of the vehicle you were talking about, Earl, that was in the low 300s. Yeah. So that's affordable. We don't have to finance it as long, and then we pay it off and move on once the rates get better. I'm telling you, it drove like a brand-new car. The paint job on it is fantastic. The interior is in great shape. It uh, has sunroof. It has sunroof, a great stereo. I listen to the stereo. 
And uh, this new car, that car new would sell instead of seventeen thousand, almost would, forty, almost forty. So there you are. Yeah, and and that's the kind of deals that we try to find for our clients. Now, on the other hand, you buy a new car, you're going to get a much lower interest rate, and uh, you could extend it out a lot further. I'm going to announce tomorrow on TV we've got one point nine percent on uh, Silverado pickup trucks with no payments till Halloween. Wow. <laughs> so, so we can get past this heat and get into the fall and start paying for it. And, you know, we've got savings up to $6,500. And uh, that that's the kind of deals you have to shop around for. Well, the, the I, I think the thing, too, is that uh, people think that there's they're, they're not getting deals. Remember back, it wasn't that long ago that dealerships were actually making people pay above. Uh, there there were stores asking what they called market value. And um, Which is I above never the, shall forget when people were saying 5000 over list price. That's unheard of. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I mean, I'll have to say it this way. We, we never did that, and that's probably why we were number one in retail sales. But uh, those days are, are past us now, and so we're back to offering deals. But I've even heard there are still some places out there because they're, uh, new cars are hard to get for, in some places. Still hard. And still so hard. what they're doing is if you want a car, you're going to pay, pay in above it. That's something you guys still aren't doing, though. No, never have, never will. And, and that's why, you know, I say to our clients, go online, look at the value that we're offering, get in touch with me. I'll have it ready for you like you, we did for you, Earl. We, we do appreciate you coming back. Oh, listen, I, I remember when I bought my last yeah. car from you. You had three of them lined up there. And, and in fact, uh, uh, Rachel, who works for her, part of your team, she goes, we've all got the car we think you're going to pick, and let us know which one you like, and she, because we got a bet going on which one you pick, Uh-oh. and she won well, the bet. To <laughs> that point, today the two I sold this afternoon, one of which was to a gentleman from Louisville who has um, transferred here with Medtronics, and uh, we, we got lucky. We had the one he, he wanted, and he drove it, and uh, now he's, he's not Ubering this afternoon. <laughs> so that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Welcome to Memphis. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You got a good air conditioner in it too, which is yeah, a that's must. A, that's a must. If you folks, if you if you don't have air conditioning in your car, get it fixed yeah. before you trade it in because that's going to be a no no. Right well, absolutely. In fact, we were talking about houses the other day. Uh, Vicky Gandy was on, and she said this house they sold, it went immediately because it had a built-in home generator that uh, powered really? the entire house. And she said when people saw that. They said she had, it was a bidding war was on because, uh, <laughs> you know, that's like a, an air, in fact, I saw the other day a picture of a guy that actually invented the air conditioner. Thank God for him. <laughs> who who invented the air conditioner? Was it a carrier? Uh, no. I, I, I didn't recognize the name, but it had a picture of the guy. Oh, really? And it said, what it, it, I'll look it up it, because it was, I, who the hell knew that there was one guy that invented the air conditioner? Oh, it had to be somebody. But. Oh, there wouldn't be nobody living in the South right now if it was not for air Yeah, we would have evacuated. Yeah, I mean, it's just awful. Well, the water temperature being what it is and the air temperature being over 100, these are the kind of days you stay inside as best you can and uh, come visit me every now and then, maybe, or later in the day, earlier in the morning. <laughs> hey, early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it won't be a problem doing those commercials in the morning at 7 o'clock. No, not tomorrow. Uh who invented the air conditioner in 19? It was a carrier. You, ah, were, I got you were right. I ding, got ding, lucky. Ding. <laughs> in 19- well, it was either that or a train, maybe. But, well, yeah. <laughs> in 
1902, Willis Carrier submitted his design for the first modern air conditioning system, accomplishing a feat that was once thought to be impossible, control of the indoor environment. Isn't that something? It really is. And we got a carrier plant right here in Collierville. We did, out in Collierville. Yep. Yeah, not far from where you live. No, it's not. And uh, a lot of folks work there. They had talked about moving that a few years ago, but they, they thank God they haven't uh, ah, moved. No, we don't need that. We no. don't need loss of jobs. No, they. Uh, it's a big employment uh, here, and, and, and it's a very good company on top of it. Uh, tomorrow morning, you're going to be on Channel 3, sure. 7 o'clock. As always, 13 years of doing it. It really is uh, amazing. I mean, we, we we miss dearly our good friend Larry Ennis. Yes. He's retired and living in Fort Worth, and he's paying the price as far as he's <laughs> even hotter there than it is here, as you know. Yeah, uh, he says that he doesn't step out too much. Uh-uh. No, he's not going out. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, he's back home in Texas where you can get brisket just about every day, and so he's happy with that. But we do miss him on the air. He was we do. A truly unique talent. I got to work with him for years at Channel 3. And you spent uh, all those years working with him uh, there, and it was uh, you guys were just a great team. But it's still it's it's one of those things. It is comforting to turn on Channel Three on Saturday mornings, and there you are. Yeah, well, and, I've uh, I've enjoyed the the time they've allowed me, and then uh, you know for a few more years I'll be able to do it. I think at least a few more years. Yeah, I mean. yeah, not 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 this weekend. <laughs> no, <laughs> it ain't gonna stop. Not, this it's weekend. not time to quit. I just moved. I got to pay for this new house. Well, well that's right, and uh, at a higher interest rate. But uh, you you have built up a clientele that uh, over the years I've been in your office when they call up and they, you just sit there and go, yep, 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 okay, I'll get back to you. Yeah. They just call up and say, George, this is what I'm looking for. And in like 30 seconds, literally, they tell you what you want and you you know them. So you said, I'll, we're, I'll get We're back. fortunate that the people I work for are, um, I mean, they've been in the business 65 years. I've been with them 26 years. And... Um, We've got a great inventory. We have over 450 used cars uh, within our uh, five-mile radius. And then we also have three franchises of which I can sell any one of the three, Chevrolet, Nissan, or Subaru. So I, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying my situation right now. Well, and it's uh, – I was talking to somebody today in one of the other dealerships, and they asked them, said, how's business? And the, the guy said, fantastic. So people – and the, you there, mentioned that, and it is good. And, and, of course, we're still fighting a little bit over the availability of vehicles. You've mentioned it twice already. So that's why it's so important just to communicate with your client and then the client call us. Yeah. We'll help them. Well, there was a story on uh, Fox this morning. They had a, 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 an economist on, and they said, you know, with inflation where it is and with interest rates where they, they thought that the consumers would back off buying stuff, but cars and homes are still selling. They are. And so they said we were surprised at that. But that also tells us that the economy really is strong. And because people, that what's the first thing they stop buying are cars. Well, uh, we don't want to talk about that no, right no, now. No. Well, they want to you know, but they say that, in fact, the, the feds have even taken the possibility of recession off the table. Really? Yeah, that just came out yesterday. Well, the stock market was up today. Yeah, so, hey. I just things, checked it before I walked in. Things are looking good, and uh, we expect them to continue to look good. And and uh, whether it's a used car or uh, something that you want brand new. Uh, you know, we're about to deliver. We've talked many times about these EVs. The infrastructure is not there, folks. So I had a, this client from Louisville was going to buy an electric car, and I mean, I'm I'm selling them, and, and they're available, of course. But in his case, the dollars expended 
the inavailability of the infrastructure to charge, and he has family in Illinois. It would take him two days almost to get there, jokingly. Well, but so I, I'd still tell people to look at the regular gas. And even uh, if you go to one of the fast charging stations, uh, that I went to try to interview some people that were charging there. It was really interesting, George. Really? I said, because I wanted to just talk about how they like their EV. And they were all backed in, and they were all charging. And I'd say, I wanted I was trying to talk to people about what it's like owning an EV. And they would just shake their heads. No. I'm going, isn't that strange? You'd think, you know, people are always proud of their new cars. Yeah. And does that mean that I like everything about it, except I'm sitting here having to charge it for 30 minutes or an hour? Yeah. And, and like I said, California's a different story. They've got the charging stations there. We are nowhere close to them at this point. And then one of the news stories I heard from you or someone on the station is that so many of them are not operating correctly. Yeah. And, and it, oh, down well, the road, it'll be great. And there's still too many people in California. So even if they got a lot of those stations, there's too many people. What, how can they reach you? What's the phone well, number? we want them to call me uh, direct. How about my cell, 901-491-8343, or they can reach me at Jim Carrey Chevrolet. That's uh, 387-2000. George Gully. Have a great weekend. See you on TV in the morning. I'll be there. Thank Uh, you. All right. Uh, We'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back talking about uh, paddle boarding. Do you need a life vest? I think so. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back on a hot Friday afternoon. It was uh, 99 on my car when I was driving in uh, about 2 o'clock this afternoon. Randy Wright just walked over from the dive shop, which is about a half a block away. And what did your walking thermometer tell you? Uh, well, my tennis shoes have softer <laughs> soles now. We'll put it that way. <laughs> you left a trail of yeah. rubber behind you. There it you melted. Go. Uh, but it is warm out there. I, somebody said that off the coast of Florida, the water temp was like at 100 or 101. I had, we've got a group that was down in the Keys spearfishing this week, and they said when they first hit the water, it took their breath away. It was like they bath literally, water. yeah, wow. like bath water. They showed a buoy down there that's in the, I want to say it's right around the Tampa area, um, that was at 101 degrees. Wow. On the surface, I mean, you're talking surface temps, but still, you know. The the deeper you go, the cooler it gets. It does. uh, Traditionally, it stayed, it used to stay pretty much the same until you got to about 100 feet in in salt water. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, freshwater layers out a little bit more, but, you know, you'd go to the Gulf Coast and you'd hit 100, 110 before you really saw any perceptible change in what was going on. But these days, uh, you know, it's just, it's strange. The water's getting hotter. And that is also where the hurricanes come from. When the water temp gets up, that's what starts spouting uh, oh, absolutely. The, the storms and coming through. And we're just, we're in hurricane season now, are we not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be until November. But I'm not seeing anything forming out there. What I'm seeing are the La Ninas coming from the West Coast. Yeah, I think we've got a lot of weather pressure that's coming from the West. And that La Nina thing is, is controlling a lot of what's going on with the temperature everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and those things are cyclical. I mean, they last a couple of years, and then things change again. So. Yeah, and I, I just, then of course, the, all the climate change people immediately jump on it and sit there and say, in fact, who was it? Uh, old uh, uh, Biden said, 
that uh, if you ever had a question that there's definitely uh, global warming, you can, you should have no questions now. And I'm sitting there going, the worst hurricane disaster in our history happened in like 1923 in Galveston. Yeah. And so, I mean, 100,000 people got killed. Now, that was 1923. And we have no idea how many years before that there was some that was worse. Sure. We're still not quite sure what killed all the dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those kind of things. That stuff, we do have a lot of weather, weather records going way back. And I have... You know, I believe that there is, we are in a phase where there is global warming. Now, when you start trying to pin down what causes that, that's a whole different thing. Um, And there have been ages where there were no people on the planet, Mm -hmm. where the temperature went drastically up or drastically down. So, you know, yeah, to say that that one thing causes another, uh, yeah, there's relationships there, but, you know, when you get to look what at came statistics. came the chicken or the egg? Yeah. Well, I mean, there is things that are, that are proven to be causal, and then there are things that are associated with changes that may not necessarily be causal. So. Well, the uh, it's just a, it, everybody starts freaking out over everything, and I, I just remember all the stuff they said was going to happen way before now that New York and Miami Beach would be underwater by yeah. now. And that hasn't happened. They said the polar caps would be melted. That hasn't happened. Um, the the glaciers, they've been melting for years, but then you go back to some of these places to go to the glaciers and they've replenished. So, Yeah, I mean, it's there are changing weather patterns. There's no doubt about that. Whether those are weather patterns that last 1,000 years or 2,000 years or 27 minutes, I, you know, who knows? I do know that I talked to my sister today, and she's in Texas, and they have all these uh, these methods of measuring the um, electric output and the capabilities in the state of Texas. And it, 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 you just go online and look. Yeah. And it tells you how much is being produced by solar power, how much by wind power, how much by nuclear power, how much by coal power. And it, right now, because the wind's not blowing in Texas at all, the wind turbines are zero. It, they, it came out to about oh, like wow. 6% of the power being generated. The majority of it is um, is uh, coal. There's some nuclear, and uh, and solar power is about six percent. But you're, and they don't ever talk about that. If it's cloudy or if the wind's not blowing, what are you going to do if that's yeah. all you got? Yeah. Well, I mean that's that, that's the thing, and I'm I'm not necessarily afraid of nuclear. I, I think, think nuclear that and hydrogen. Yeah. Hydrogen is also there. You go. There's some technologies coming out that are cleaner, that are better. But any time that you say that we've got to get to a certain point, I mean, and it goes back to the electric car. I mean, the the electric car is great once it's built. But to build it costs more carbon than the average combustion engine would use in its lifetime. Yeah. So, and George Gully was just here and saying the infrastructure ain't there yet. He just uh, sold a new truck to a guy that just moved from Louisville to here, and he said, he was looking at an e-car. He said, well, what about this e-car? He said, I'd like to get one. He said, how far did it take to get back to Louisville? He said, it's about 600 miles. He said, take you two days to get there because you'd have to stop and charge your car for whatever yeah. length of time yeah. to, to, for another 300 miles. Well, and that's the thing. There's there's all those things that have to do with the climate that, you know, it's it's got to be slow movement and understanding what the consequences are before we make a decision that winds up hurting us. Well, let's talk about a decision that could end up saving our lives. And that's, uh, we had this uh, story that broke this week about the chef of uh, former President Barack Obama 
at Martha's Vineyard on, on a lake, and it, it's eight feet deep. He's out there paddleboarding uh, with somebody else, and he falls off his paddleboard mm-hmm. and never comes back up again until they find him the next day. And I guess he thinks, well, there's not waves on this little lake. I'm, I'm with easy swimming distance of the shore. Sure. And, uh, and, and I put some pictures up on my Facebook page today when I was in Florida, all these young people out there paddle boarding, not one of them had a life mm-hmm. vest on. Yeah. And they make life vests now that, that are nearly weightless. Uh, just, you put them around your neck, a little strap goes behind you and they self inflate if you fall in the water. So it's not big and bulky like no. the old ones. You get a funky tan, but you're supposed to be wearing sunscreen anyway. <laughs> so right. yeah. you should, should be having a hat on too. Yeah. Put your hat on, wear your wear your rash guard, and then put your life jacket on. You know, I mean, you know this. You drive down um, Interstate 55 down in the Mississippi in the in the spring, and there's signs everywhere about wearing your life jacket. You know, because there's all those big lakes just in the northern part of, of Mississippi yep. that all of these people, and every year we hear these tragic stories about people falling out of boats for whatever reason and never coming back. Yeah, uh, you know. And chances are, I mean, if he just fell off the paddleboard, we're going to find out there's something more to this. But, and if there was somebody out there paddling with him, and uh, you know, something else may have happened that caused him to fall in. But certainly, his chance of survival, had he been wearing something that would keep his head out of the water, is much much higher. Well, I was just talking to Ron Olson. He was down at his river place last weekend. Very hot. He was out mm-hmm. on his canoe. Paddled back in just about the time he got in. He he lifted himself out on the little uh, boat slip that he's got by his house. And as soon as he sat down, he said, man, I started feeling really kind of dizzy. And I mm-hmm. laid back. I could not I could not move. Yeah. If he had fallen in and didn't have a life jacket that kept his head out of the water, he could have drowned because he couldn't swim. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's the kind of thing. And you, you get that heat combi- you know, out there with really, really being hot. And people can collapse from that without any notice whatsoever, just all of a sudden think they're fine. The next thing you know, they're they're having trouble breathing, um, that sort of thing. So there's so many things that fall into this. Um, the, the whole idea is make yourself safe. Uh, one of the things that we learn in diving is that the equipment is there in case there is a problem to make it possible for you to get back home. So why not throw on... Yeah. A, a lightweight life jacket. I mean, these ones that self-inflate cost $100. Yeah. I mean, it's not any what's money. Your, what's your life worth? Yeah, and yeah. you can get them at any any major sporting goods. You know, you can go pick one up, um, and they literally have a sensor on them. they got a CO2 cartridge in them, and if you fall into the water, they go off. Is that what, Do you wear a, a, some kind of a flotation device when you scuba dive? Well, we have the buoyancy control device. You know, so we carry, I also carry a, um, it's called a signal tube or a, um, it, you know, it's a surface Tracking. marker buoy type yeah. of thing. And it's inflatable. Okay. So worst case scenario, if my BC were not working at all, my whole system, I'm out of air, I can physically blow this thing up and it's got 80 pounds of lift. Well, I think it actually pull you up to the top. Well, yeah, you wouldn't be using it for that. But when you get to the top, you can, you know. It's a long tube that's about six, eight inches in diameter, and you could just lay on top of it if you need. Like a to. big salami yeah. up there on top of yeah, it. Yeah, big, big pool noodle. <laughs> uh, the big, huge shortage of lifeguards, and uh, the, a lot of the pools aren't opening around the country here in Memphis. 
they're opening these little water parks that just squirt water on the kids. So like we used to get mm -hmm. on the sprinklers in our yep. yard because they can't find lifeguards. You don't need a lifeguard if you don't have a pool. Uh, so we're going to talk about that when we come back. Uh, you've actually got uh, some progress in that. Department. Yep, absolutely. We're so. going to we're going to be back in the swim business just here shortly. All right, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll come back. That's as far as my talent goes. Right yeah, there, there we go. Hey, man, backup <laughs> singer, backup bass mimic. I did see a thing on Facebook today. By the way, Randy Wright's here with me in the studio for the Dime Shop. Uh, a video clip of Bruce Willis uh, singing um, Under the Boardwalk uh, yeah. with the Temptations. Oh, wow. Back when he was really young. And that's such a sad thing because he has dementia now. And, and, yeah. But he was such a talented, talented guy. And, uh, well, I mean, that's that's the thing. A lot of these guys, I mean, you, t you take a guy like Johnny Depp, he started off as a rock and roll guy. Yeah. You know, and people don't, a lot of times don't realize how many of these guys, I've been around acting now for close to 20 years, and I'm amazed at how multi-talented the acting community is. I mean, because these guys might be starring in an action movie on one day and on Broadway singing the next. So it's a... It's pretty amazing what some of them do. Well, and then you have other guys that, that go back. Also, they had a thing up today. Kathy said, you listen to music out of the deck. I was out drinking coffee, and there was ZZ Top. It was 50 years ago, and it had ZZ Top uh, that was uh, from 50 years ago. And remember, they used to come here and record at Arden. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Billy lived out in Cordova yeah. for a while. Oh, he, yeah. he used to come to sleep outs all the yeah. time. One of the nicest human beings. He really is. I had an opportunity to meet him down at Snowden Grove one time. He invited me into the dressing room. He said, hey, man, you got to come watch this. And he's sitting there kind of in his pajamas getting, you know, before the show, hadn't gotten ready to go on stage yet. And he is watching old Western serials on his laptop. <laughs> you know, I, I get in there and he's got, you know, it's they're they're racing across the screen on the horses, shooting in both directions and riding down through the Badlands and all that kind of stuff. He yeah. goes, man, this stuff is awesome. You got to see this. <laughs> well, they're from Houston, Texas. And he used to come in all the time and sit there. He'd be by himself. And I'd go over and sit down and just talk to him while I'd be in between waiting on people and stuff. And he's just a regular guy yeah. that just happened to have a little yeah. old blues band from Texas called ZZ really, Top. He's got this really cool job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In fact, they were doing LaGrange, which uh, what a great song yeah. that is. We were talking about uh, lifeguards and the fact there is a huge shortage of lifeguards uh, nationwide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, Do we know why? How did that happen? It, was just, it could be just you know, COVID. Well, it's got a lot to do with COVID because it, that's kind of when the tap shut off on people to teach swimming. It's very difficult to find people to teach swimming right now. Um, we're in very, very close negotiations right now with a young lady that used to teach for us many years ago to come in and be our, our customer service swim lead. Um, and that means that she's going to be hiring new instructors, putting a new swim program together. So we're hoping by the 1st of September, um, that we're back up and running with some structure on swim. She is uh, a lifeguard instructor trainer. So we'll be offering those services as well. So it'll be beginning swim for kids and adults and then intermediate swim for kids and adults. And then as we get into the winter time, we'll start to offer some of the programs 
that will, you know, build lifeguards for the summer season. Yeah, because uh, they just can't find them. They're just not yeah. there. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, which, what a great job. It'd be that, that I got my life-saving badge uh, in high school so I could get mm-hmm. a job doing that. And I was back out in the oil field because I found out that the country club didn't hire lifeguards unless they had parents. who Yeah, were well, that's kind of, I got a, a, a job at the um, quarter deck club in Baton Rouge behind the Oak Manor Hotel. And uh, they were shooting Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte oh, wow. in town. And uh, that meant that Richard Widmark's wife, who was staying at the hotel and didn't want to hang out by the pool at the hotel with all the commoners, would come to the quarterdeck club in the afternoons with her two big white German shepherds. Very, very, very nice lady. And uh, we had, of course, we had some one-armed bandits in the in the lifeguard's <laughs> office because it was, it was really a front for a big poker game yeah and um the nickel machine if you pulled the handle halfway and then let it pop back and then grabbed it and pulled it really quick it would pay off it would pay off so there were never any nickels left (laughs) at the end of the shift you know the lifeguards wiped it out (laughs) that's exactly you know nick burgess used to have a uh, silver dollar one-armed bandit in his office at the rendezvous yeah and i would go in there and have date i'd go down there and and we'd uh, go back to his office. He'd go, well, you want to try your luck? And so he'd give him like four or five silver dollars. Yeah. And, uh, remember Natalie Allen said, Oh, and she put one in the very first one. She put it, it paid off like, uh, like a hundred, 200 bucks. She goes, can I keep it? I looked at Nick. He goes, well, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping on getting, I was hoping on you contributed some more. I mean, I gave you the dollar. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That but, was my dollar you're playing with. How about I split it with you? Yeah, uh, that's what I said. How about we split it? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I did buy dinner tonight, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, but so the the lifeguard uh, situation is going to get better. And uh, But in the meantime, you're still uh, doing uh, scuba lessons and oh, yeah. recertifications. We're snorkeling, scuba lessons, um, course equipment sales and service and that kind of thing. You can, you can come in the dive shop anytime, and we've got lots for you to do for you and your family to get involved in in the outdoor adventure underwater. Um, but we're going to start back with the swim. She'll be starting here in the next 30 days. It'll probably take us 30 days to get it up and rolling. So if you're looking for swim lessons for yourself or your kids, get in touch with us now so you can get on that list as we start to develop things because it is going to be a first-come, first-serve thing. Well, so the, you uh, do travel. You're a travel agency. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we were just talking about how bad it is traveling. I hate to fly anywhere, but... If you're going to do it, you ought to get somebody that's a travel agency that will uh, aid you. If you get into a buying someplace, they know how to talk to the airlines, and that's critical when you're Absolutely. trying to get, get home. Well, and agents have back on their computer, they can see more than we can. You know, you can go out and see a lot of stuff on computer these days, but they have the inside track to the to the airlines scheduling and all that kind of stuff and they can see a lot more than we do. how can they get in touch with you at the dive shop give us a call at 901-763-3483 or come by and see us at 999 south yates all right randy wright thank you sir have a great weekend absolutely y'all come see us we'll see you monday <laughs>